Thanks for joining us for this episode of Journey Now, produced by Journey Church in Brentwood, Tennessee. For more information on Journey Church and our gatherings, please visit us at journeytn.com. Welcome to another Journey Now podcast. This is Kevin, and I'm here with two of my special friends on staff, and uh, we are going to do a special edition of <laughs> I the Journey make Now podcast. I want to make all the jokes in the world yeah. right now. Go for it. <laughs> You got the and two. you're allowed. <laughs> and you are allowed. The special friends. We're multi-ethnic yes. on the yes. podcast. Uh, yeah. Yes. You're the special guest star, though. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Rob's with us today. Uh, yeah. Love it. I heard you need a millennial. Yes. On the podcast. So. Yeah. So dude, we we definitely lowered the median age of the group. I thought you were saying standard, but. <laughs> nope. No. Median age is way down today. But you're an old millennial. Hey, easy. <laughs> I'm young at heart. I'm young at heart. I do youth ministry. If you if you haven't met Rob yet, this is Rob Gonzalez. Hello, hello. And he's joining us today due to the fact that next week we are on staff retreat. And um, so this is our attempt at trying to keep you in the loop as a church as to what's going on here. And um, were you able to make it to Theology Lounge this week? I was there. Yes. yes. I got to experience it in all of its glory. All its glory. It was so fun. Yeah. First Susie, of all, what did we do? Well, we rented out a big space at Mill Creek Brewing Company. In Nolensville. In Nolensville. Oh, yeah. Rob bought some merch. He's I wearing did, a hat I'm such right a fan. Now. Yeah. yeah. So it's a really cool spot in Nolensville. <laughs> a bunch of people from our community go there on Thursdays for trivia. Which is tonight. Um, but the good people at Mill Creek, uh, they were kind enough to donate the space to us. Yes. And 120 chairs, which yeah. were all filled. Um, and we- And some we, people standing in the yeah, back. Yeah, and some people standing in the back. So we gathered to have a theological conversation on the theology of hell. So, you know, just some light and easy breezy subjects. I, I called it Hell in a Bar. Hell in a Bar. Hell in a Bar. So Mike presented for what, like 40 minutes. He had an 11 page glorious document, oh, um, which was really helpful, I think, for people to follow along with and to take with them in case they wanted to go back and yeah. like think about things, which I'm sure many people did. Right. So that was actually helpful. And then, uh, and then we had a pretty robust, as hey, Kevin likes to say, glorious. Uh, a robust Q and A session. Oh, it was robust. It was, it was intense. It was. I though, I mean, I'm super like impressed with how, like, just deep and thoughtful the questions are. I mean, yeah, yeah, just. I, it, you know, I mean, we always say like we, we're, we're fellow learners and fellow students and we mm -hmm. learn from each other. And I mean, I was just sitting there like soaking up all the questions and learning from people who were mm -hmm. asking questions, thinking to myself, I've never thought about it that way. I've mm -hmm. never thought about that. Yeah. And we, <laughs> and it and was we had them text them in. So yeah. if you were one of those people, mm -hmm. you did, you should have received a text back at yeah. least um, yesterday. So. I tried to answer all the questions yesterday. Yeah, it was super good, though. I mean, it was cool because there's there were people there from all different viewpoints yeah, and right. um, people who have been who have grown up with a different thing yeah. presented to them. But the majority, I would say, the majority of us in that room were were served up a full plate of eternal conscious torment. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good I'm, way to say it. Yeah. ECT, ECT, as the yeah. kids say. I'm not, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure we want to, you know, part of part of the 
experience that night, it, it, it was being in, uh, obviously the experience was being in the room and experiencing what was taking place and being a part of the conversation. It's hard to duplicate that in a, you know, it's, it's like trying to explain a wrestling match after the match is done and you didn't get to see it. Somebody's trying to explain to you what happened. Well, he grabbed his hand and he did this. He did that. He hit he him with the chair. He hit him with a chair. Right. Yeah. Dove over the ropes and you know, the whole thing. But all that to say this is, is why are we as a church doing this? Why are we doing this? What do you think, Rob? Um, why are we doing this? Wow. I feel like you two are the people that could probably answer that question, but I will answer it. Yes. Um, if you can't answer it, we're not doing our job. Oh gosh. Okay. Um, <laughs> no pressure. I'll tell you how I experienced it and why. I yeah. Think we're yeah. Doing why it. don't you I think tell us how a, you experienced it? Yeah. There's a sense of freedom when it's in a, in a place other than a church building, not right. a service. Right. Uh, we had beer and food, which always makes it better. Um, yep. And we also had non-alcoholic options for those who chose. That yeah, too. totally. Yep. Um, yeah, I don't know. There was something about, I think the space is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the freedom to ask really any question. Right. Yeah. Um, yep. And, and we had a lot of those. Yeah. And I, I just think it's just different than a Sunday morning experience that allows for more space, more. Mm-hmm. And so like, if you were there, you kind of experienced that. It wasn't like your, I think, typical Q&A session. Like people were really passionate about some of their beliefs and what they mm-hmm wanted to have answered yeah yeah and um and like it became almost a dialogue i think with you guys yeah as to you know there someone would ask a question you guys would respond and somebody that same person follow up but what about this what about this what about this yeah and it was just it was just a totally different dynamic than i think what we're used to right um so i yeah i just experienced it as really freeing really open and really i think an honest place to come and share opinions there it is yeah and it was, uh, no one was condemned for their position. Um, Except for Mike. <laughs> yeah. But that's different. He wasn't. No, 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 he wasn't. No. No, I mean, I think it, the tone to me, and I hope to everybody else, felt generous in terms of yeah. space for all of us yeah. to, to be there, regardless of what we think about hell yeah. and what we believe about it. And yeah. I mean, even even the three of us shared nuanced yeah, beliefs. views. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's just three of the many people on staff and yeah, our elder team. Yeah, I from my perspective, just from um, watching, participating, I think this is part of our uh, culture as a church uh, finding its way into a broader, more um, open space. Like on Sundays, we we let people ask questions and. And we encourage them and they can text them and we get a lot of questions on Sundays, which is great. But part of what we're trying to foster as a church is this fits right into that um, slot of the table. It fits into it from the perspective of you can have a different view on hell, but you're still welcome at the table. Um, We came at it from a perspective of at least be open-minded about this. Don't, Don't just walk away believing what I've always believed you can, and we're fine with that. Like I believe, you know, or at least be aware of yeah. the lens that you're, right. you're seeing it through. Cause we, cause not everybody you know, sees it that well, way. Well, yeah. And we all come to every text mm-hmm. doctrine belief with right. 
with what we come with right. and a and we read the bible through a certain lens that's why there's so many varying interpretations of so many things in the bible correct so to at least you know if if you don't have the ability to be open-minded right away just come at least with some self-awareness of what you come with but, but allow others their view yeah that's that's mm -hmm. where i say think i feel like this helps perpetuate our vision as a church yes well that's one of the things i experienced just even as an onlooker like uh it i, I wouldn't say it forced but it invited me to evaluate my own opinion my own belief like hey somebody's saying something and it's bringing up something in me whether it's like like I'm getting a little angry about that statement. I'm like, why am I getting angry about yeah. that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then like, as I drove home, I like started to process and go like, what do, like, what do I think? What do I believe? Because, uh, it doesn't align with everybody, which is totally okay. Yeah. And the lines with some people, maybe not others, but I'm like, it not forced me, invited me to, um, again, evaluate my own beliefs, opinions, judgments, mm -hmm. um, history and understanding of, you know, hell so right which that was awesome yeah and and to know that there's a group of people sitting in a room in a bar having a conversation with differing views with different ideas and everybody from what i could tell was was joining into that in either listening or participating and it didn't feel it didn't feel judgmental. It didn't feel like you, we have to indoctrinate you into something before you leave because we left it in a whole lot of tension. Yeah. <laughs> we did. Yeah. yeah. We, we left it as, okay, well, thanks for coming. Yeah. And uh, there's no right answer to the question and um, keep wrestling. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there was a couple questions. Have about, another beer. There was a couple. <laughs> I mean, what, what, <laughs> there was a couple questions about God in particular that I think you guys were like, I have no clue. Yeah, and you just kind of left it at that, and I was like, I don't know. There's a beauty to to the honesty. Yeah, what was interesting to me was, um, and I don't think anybody said this mm -hmm. that night, and yeah. I don't even know if anybody in that room believes this way, but it occurred to me through the conversation that for many people, they have a hard time believing, accepting, following Jesus without having their hell you sure. know, held yeah. in a, in its rightful place, whatever right. that is. Yep. Like, so one really affects the other. Right. And I understand that Jesus was warning us against something, mm -hmm. you know, so right. there is definitely something there. Yes. But, you know, like it would, it seemed like to me, and, and I hear this a lot from people who believe mm -hmm. in the, the ECT mm -hmm. way of thinking e about it. Eternal conscious yeah. torment. That we're going to, yeah. Yeah. Um, that like, well, why, what's the point of Jesus yeah. then? Like mm -hmm. that's, I've, that's like a response right. I've heard. And right. It's just, it's interesting to me that, you know, that's mm -hmm. how a lot of people well, right. Like it's, navigate it. It it gives them um, a reason for why Jesus had yeah. to die. Yeah, and I get it. I mean, mm -hmm. I get how they get there. Yeah, yeah. You know, but um, it just really, that really made me think about why do I follow Jesus, right. you know? Right, And why do I love Jesus? Do I love Jesus because he saved me from some kind of fiery hell? Or do I love him because... 
he has promised to give me life and right. that he um, has displayed a way of living that I that's compelling that I want to be a part of that he right. you know chose people that other people didn't choose like you know I mean there's so many things that I love about Jesus right. that you know it's just it's just such an interesting thing yeah it's 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 engaging in mm-hmm. life in a way that is totally different from yeah just escaping this planet yeah yeah. yeah, it shifts. It shifts the focus from a, a lake of fire. Yep. To the Son of God. Right. Right. Like it shifts the focus from, hey, this is my motivation for doing everything. It's because I don't want to go to that place. Right. To this is the motivation like I have now. It's because I want to be like that. I want to be like him. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And so it's it's interesting because like you leave the conversation. You're like, so what do we do with? Like evil, what do we do with sin? What do we do? Like, and yeah. we're not saying that those things don't exist. Oh no, they exist. Right? Like Jesus came for a reason. Grace yeah. is is <laughs> there mm-hmm. for a reason. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're just simply saying, I think, or at least part of the conversation was, the focus should not simply be on a lake of fire where you're burning for all eternity. Right. The focus should be we are oh. loved and therefore we love. Right. Yeah, it's a question of following. Yeah. It's a, it's a question of um, motive. There's a motive behind it. And if the motive is, is I've come into a relationship with Jesus out of fear, it's different than I've come into a relationship with Jesus out of love. And, and there's, it's in, in that case, it, it, what, it, what it often does when we start seeing it as a transaction, we start seeing it as my relationship with God is a transaction. I do this, he does that. And I'm rescued from a very fearful, scary eternity. And, and because Jesus died on the cross, so therefore I do the things that I do. I go to church, I do these things, I'm nice to people, I'm whatever. And the reality is that once you move into that idea of transaction, and once your relationship with God is based on fear, it's really, really hard to love people out of a place of, you know what, I just, I just love you. Rather than, um, I have to love you because I'm afraid for you and I'm afraid for your eternity. Those are two different things. And it, and it turns relationship oftentimes into transaction. And, and so hell becomes this place of, and, and very much so, and I experienced this growing up, it's a weapon. Mm. It's a weapon to get you to believe. And Jesus never does that. It's always an invitation. It's always a, come follow me. Oh, you don't want to follow me. You don't have to follow me. <laughs> There's a degree, but he doesn't say, and if you don't follow me, you will go to hell. Yeah. He doesn't say that. He says, come follow me. Oh, and he says to the rich man, you know, the rich young man, go sell everything you have and come follow me. Yeah. Give it to the poor and come follow me. And he's like, uh, <laughs> mm, no, not doing that. <laughs> yeah. um, and he leaves dejected, not because he's going to hell, but because he is now sentenced per se to the desire of his own heart. My heart is so captivated by what I have, it trumps following Jesus. And that I think is, is hell on earth. Especially because Jesus looked at him and loved him. Oh, for sure. I, that I, always gets me with that. <laughs> I know, that's a like, toughie. <laughs> that's a toughie. <laughs> okay, so I have a question. Yeah. I was thinking about this on the way home. Okay. Um, if, you, 
if you grew up with this kind of hellfire and brimstone, the fear. Yeah. Heaven's gates, hell's flames. (laughs) Yes. To be exact. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. In this conversation, if you're sitting there, and I I don't, I was not raised with that, so I don't have this perspective, but I'm curious. Yeah. Um, And you guys may may or may not be able to answer this. We're not sure if our dear listener has that view or not. Yes, right. Yeah. Um, But I was wondering, like, for the people that have grew up in that, if you remove that, right, and say, like, that's no longer the main motivation for why you follow Jesus. Yeah. Or why you should. Yeah. Um, I'm curious, like, like, would it bring up fear? Would it bring up worry? Well... Like, does it, yes. does it take away the safety <laughs> net? Like, does it take I away? I mean, it did for me when I first thought about it. I mean, so I, my belief is that Jesus has warned us against something, yeah. right? So, you know, I don't know, like, I'm still working out what I believe and, and, you know, doing some reading and thinking and, and, and to be honest, like, it doesn't take up a whole lot of space in my mind because it's not a priority for me and it doesn't it doesn't matter to me as much as it matters to other people. Yeah. And it matters to me because it matters to some people that I love. And so that's why I try to pursue, yeah. you know, what I think about it. But I, um, like 10 years ago, I read a book and it was presenting this idea that there is no hell. And I actually was reading it in the hospital as my dad was on life support. And my dad is not a believer. And I literally wanted to throw the book across the room because I was like, you know, reading this and at the same time praying for my dad's salvation Mm -hmm. because he might die. Yeah. And it was like super disruptive for me. That would be. And so for a long time, I couldn't even engage in that conversation because it was just too scary for me to think about, well, if that's not true, then what else is not true, yeah. you know? Yeah, really, and that's the question. Yeah, so that, that is, that's that, how it made me mm-hmm. feel, is right. like, if I say that that's not true, if that's not, you know, what the Bible says, then what else do I think the Bible says that it's not actually saying? Yeah. You know, yeah. and so I think as I have grown since then, um, that, you know, I, th- I am able to, and also, well, lots of reasons, I'm able to hold more space for, um, ambiguity. ambiguity and also to be honest like in the last year since I've been reading from different um, perspectives than the one that I was given like um, you know different um, from you know theologians and commentaries from different cultures even mm-hmm. and different times it's really opened my eyes to like a lot of people have believed differently than the way that we I grew up believing right and so it's not that far of a you know it's not that far of a leap it's not a new thing for me to think to rethink some of these things so yeah 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 i think the question the the question that that um i had to wrestle with as i was transitioning my views on several things over probably most of my late 30s and into my 40s um was, okay, I, I'm a part of an organization that believes this. They believe that um, hell is a real place, that it is a place of eternal torment, and that if you don't believe in Jesus, that's where you go. And it was pretty black and white. It was all of those things. And then I started I started to question these things when I was in my late 30s. Um, 
and and start reading some different perspectives on it, just like Susie and different ideas. And and uh, I always I always came back to this place because that was the group of people that I that were most influential in my life, informing my theology. But as as I became more aware of who Jesus is, as I, as I deepen my relationship with him, and I deepen that relationship in a sense of, okay, how does, how does he approach this, and where does he go with this, and how does this form out in the life of people? And I started to ask that question, and I said, it seems really incongruent with who Jesus is and, and how he presents himself. Yeah. And how he loves people and how he treats the rich young guy who walks away, how he treats the woman caught in adultery, how he treats the guy on the cross, how he treats a Roman soldier, how he treats all these people that most of the Jewish people would not have treated very well. He treats them totally different. And there's no threat. There's no threat in Jesus. There's no, there's warnings, sure, Mm -hmm. but mostly it's invitation. Yeah. And There's he is invitation. the image of the invisible God he and the is. exact imprint of his nature. And so as I pondered that, I thought, okay, why is this incongruent with eternal conscious torment? Because it makes no sense to me. Like, and the logic of that was lost on me. So, and being a person of, uh, gets stuck in his mind all the time <laughs> and I ponder things and you, and, yeah. Um, I kind of came to the conclusion as I studied scripture, I read other authors, is that the idea of eternal conscious torment is, I believe, incompatible with who Jesus is. Um, Is there eternal... I I also don't believe in annihilationism, which I think where, where Mike might land. I think that's a fate that is worse than... Um, in an existence yeah, yeah. for eternity. So I see annihilation is worse than I get. I live forever, but I live worshiping the thing that I love the most, like the rich young ruler as he walks away. Um, and, and all of that to say this, is that um, however you come to the conclusion for what you believe, like I'm, I can talk to people who believe in an eternal conscious torment. I can believe in people who are universal. I can talk to people who believe in universalism. Everybody gets saved. I can believe in those that believe that, you know, um, you can get saved after you die. You can get your robes washed. Because all of this is in there. Yeah. Is all, that is that part of the, the... The the gates being open. Well, the second opportunity to get yeah. your robes washed and all that, is yeah. that in the... Does that fall in the annihilation camp? It... it um, typically? Typically, Okay. Yes, because there's it, it, it's it's how you how you wrestle wrestle how you wrestle wrestle wish a word, um, <laughs> dang, um, perish, mm-hmm. um, in and how you wrestle with the word death, and then there's a second death, and there's a I mean theologically there is a lot of words that come out, and you start going wait a minute there's a second death, yeah. and some people think that's annihilationism. So well, what's um, the difference between that and universal atonement then? Universal universal atonement is everybody um, when they get on the other side of this realizes oh I was wrong, and they and believe then they in Jesus, still get saved, and they go. So to you don't have to worry about the second chance. Like you're in, you're in, you're in, right? But you the know, second chance people may even get a second chance and say no thanks that's what i believe okay um i would argue that's what you believe or that's what you understand that to be that's what actually i believe that okay um 
I think what happens is because there's too much evidence of even with Jesus going down and preaching to the people who are already dead, there's there's something that takes place after death that yeah. that allows for the entrance of Jesus into that space. You're just not sure. You're just not certain that it's easy to. Well, because I'm I mean, pretty sure it's when not. you read but the Old Testament and yeah. you see all these people being killed and dying and blah, 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 like there's no talk about the afterlife in the no. Old Testament. So it makes you wonder like what happens there, right. you know? Okay. I have a question for you. I have okay. a question too. Go. Um, so you, <laughs> oh, no. I love Sorry, Kev, everything that you just said, Kevin, yeah. and you, you said that this started happening for you in your thirties and forties. Yeah. But the other night you said that when you were in seminary, mm -hmm. you went to a seminary that taught you like all, all the, the different positions, positions yeah. and left you not with, like not saying this is what you should believe, but left you very yeah. aware and knowledgeable of all the different positions. Correct. So you went and got all that knowledge yeah. in your 20s, yes. right? Yes. And it wasn't until your 30s and 40s that you started reconsidering. Yeah, because things. everybody that I went to school with and everybody I respected and every landed in that camp of ECT. And so you did too, even though you had mm -hmm. the knowledge of these other things. Yes. So what happens between your 20s and your 30s and 40s that causes you to reconsider. I had, yeah, I had kids. Um, you had kids. Uh huh. And and you I, stopped listening to music. I did. <laughs> um, there's a lot of things that happened to me in that season. Yeah. People died that I um, loved dearly. Um, some people committed suicide. Some people, I mean, and a lot of death in my life. Mm -hmm. And so as I pondered that, and I was wondering, like, what happens? Like, where does, where, you know, I began to go back to my notes from school. I began to research. I began to ask other people what they thought. I, I started reading Tim Keller, mm -hmm. um, who a good Presbyterian doesn't believe in ECT, which is shocking. Wow. Um, yeah. Mm. Um, so there's, there's all of these. And so it broadened my idea. And, but the biggest issue that was in front of me that made it difficult was the denomination I belonged to made that as a prerequisite for you to be a pastor in the denomination. You had was, to sign off on ECT? Yeah, because yeah. it's in their doctrinal statement. And so, and, and the more that I wrestled with it, the more I'm not in there now, you know, because I'm here. But <laughs> And also because you <laughs> like women in leadership. Yeah, that's the other one. <laughs> There was a there was a long list of reasons as to why I'm not there anymore. Sorry, he's a, he's, a, he's, he's a rebel. But that's what happened, and and I began to realize yeah. I've made decisions based upon people rather than my own yeah uh, work in the arena. Well, because when they asked us, somebody asked us the question, "How did we change? Our, when did yeah. we change our minds?" Yeah, and my answer to that was, "Well, I didn't actually change my mind because I was never using my mind." <laughs> Before. Which was really funny. In yeah, hindsight, really funny. I actually wasn't using my mind. I was just like saying, okay, I guess that's true. Yeah. Lord okay. have mercy. <laughs> okay, I got a question. And the other, one other thing, and then to answer that question yeah. was, there was a guy by the name of John Stott mm. who came out in the 90s yeah. as an annihilationist. And he was, he's, uh, and if you don't he know who John- butchered for it. Too, oh my gosh. He? he got, and then Rob Bell came out yeah. and he got butchered on But did John Stott retract that view? Eventually he did, but then in, later he went back. So okay. he was he was like, okay, I, I'm enough of this. Right before he was going to die. Yeah. He was He's like, by the way, just <laughs> yeah. kidding. No, yeah. I don't know if he said that, but 
Yeah. Yeah. But I saw what it did to people. What, yeah. What the evangelicals turned on people. And if you're wrong, and this I was telling Rob this earlier, is that the litmus test then became, well, if you don't believe this is true, if you don't believe in eternal time, for sure. then you you probably don't believe all these other things are true. Yeah, yeah. after Love Wins came out, that yeah. became like one of the yeah. biggest hot button, button issues in the church. Lightning and Like rod. people would tell yeah. you, go find out what they believe about hell before you decide to go to that well, church. Well, Rob, that was right. infamously like, he had that whole brick wall uh, versus like trampoline. But that your... was in Velvet Elvis. That was, that in was Velvet like Elvis. in I know, his I know. first book. But that's kind of like I liked Velvet Elvis. It was so too. good, but yeah, it too. was lived. You're right. The brick wall analogy <laughs> was Velvet was, Elvis. Was yes, yeah. but it was it was lived out. Yeah, it was lived in out. <laughs> which like love wins. which like yeah. There, I think yeah. Yeah. There is an extreme. I think yeah. for sure. So uh, so the question is um, for yeah. how do you separate sin and evil mm-hmm. from internal damnation? Right, because I think if you grew up in this camp, a lot of people think this equals that. Yeah, and if you remove that, then what does this equal? Does that make sense? One more time. So, for a lot of people, sin mm-hmm. equals like yeah, sin is a is evil. Right. Okay. And without Jesus, sin equals eternal damnation. Correct. So, if you're saying there is no eternal damnation, which I'm not saying, but okay. Or ECT, let's yeah. say eternal yeah. conscious yeah. Torment, torment, right? right. Um, what is he saving me from? Exactly. Because mm-hmm. I think that's some people's question, even though like, I think I know the answer to that. Yeah. I think it's, I would just like to hear. So the question is, if you don't believe in eternal conscious torment, but you do believe in some sort of eternal damnation, what is that? Yeah. If, if that is removed for people, what mm-hmm. is she, for, for those people in those camps, what is Jesus actually saving you from? Yeah. That's a, that that's a great question. Yeah. I think, I think there's a lot there's a lot packed into that question that has a lot of nuance to it, but I think I think people are focusing first of all on the wrong thing. The wrong thing isn't what you get saved from when you die. Yeah, that that's not the focus of the Bible. Yep, that's not the focus of Jesus's message. It became the focus of the church when they started to fixate on the fiery. Yeah, because when you read, if sorry, I don't. No, nope, go. When you read Ephesians, it. I mean, Paul says what you've been saved from and mm-hmm. what you've been saved to, right? right? And what you're you've been saved from is a life of yes. sin and death. Correct. It's not right. You know, it's, I just thought about that. Yeah, that just came to me. Yeah, he's never thought about it that way. The rescue yeah. is from meaninglessness. Yeah. Yes from pursuing stuff that when you get to the end of it, you go, well, that was a waste of my time. Um, it is the pursuing of whatever is temporary in this world at somehow assuming it has eternal purpose for me. And it just doesn't. And, and so part of, part of understanding eternity is to know that it starts now. Yeah. It starts today. It starts every day when you wake up. That's the beauty of, you know, knowing Tim Timmons. I woke up today. See, I got an X on my uh, wrist. Is that, thank you, God, for waking me up for another day. The reality is you step into eternity all the time. And and I love that we talked about this at the, at the Theology Lounge was, you know, we have the capacity as humans to release the kingdom of God into the world, the kingdom of heaven into this world today, yeah. now, or we have the capacity yeah. to release hell into Which this Which is world. basically what Paul says we're saved to. Correct. Yeah. And we now, rather than always just leashing hell 
and, and it being about me and being about my own kingdom, it becomes something deeper and richer and changed. And when we follow Jesus, we begin to recognize, oh, it's about forgiveness. It's about kindness. It's about love. It's about those things. Your life becomes something totally different yeah. than it would have been had you continued to pursue the um, idol of your life. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's ultimately what damnation is. Damnation is fine. I'm gonna call, I'm gonna invite you. I'm gonna call you. I'm gonna you you can come and follow me. Be a part of me. Be a part of the kingdom of God. And it's subversive. It's totally different than what the world offers you. But if you really want what the world offers you, I'm not gonna coerce you. I'm not gonna force you. I'm not gonna dangle this threat of eternal hell over your head. I'm gonna let you have what your heart desires. Mm. That's true love. That's yeah. true love. Yeah. And so, and yet, just like the prodigal father, he waits. Mm-hmm. Where did he go? I don't know where he went, but I'm waiting for him to come back. And when he comes back, I'm going to embrace that son mm-hmm. of mine. I'm going to run to him. Right. And, and so there's this, that picture is throughout scripture. Yeah. That picture is described in such a way. He lived his hell in the foreign land. The prodigal. Yeah. The prodigal goes and he squanders everything he has. He thought he had the world in the palm of his hands and he squanders it all. And then he's left alone. And he goes, well, I guess my only option is to go work for my dad. And then his dad just embraces him as a, I mean, the picture is perfect. Mm. And then the older son come into the party. I don't want to go in a party with those people. And the invitation is left on the table. Come into the party. Yeah, but those people aren't worthy of my time. Come into the party. And the son just keeps saying no. That's hell. He's sitting there in his own bitterness because other people got to be in the party that he didn't think deserved to be in the party. Dang. Yeah. Yeah. That's a long, if you live in that for eternity, that's hell. Yeah. So this is why I love Journey Church so much. And I'm not saying that as a leader trying to sell my church because we're starting to run out of chairs. (laughs) I just like, and honestly, like to have the ability to gather in a church of all places, I'm sorry to say, Mm. and to be able to talk through these things Mm -hmm. and say out loud what you think, even though it might not be socially acceptable. And to hear different perspectives and to feel like you can actually live in some kind of tension while you're trying to work it out, however you're trying to work it out and not be condemned and not be told you can't serve and not be told you're not qualified because you don't believe a certain way. It's such a gift and it's so freeing. Mm. I've never experienced anything like this before. So it's, but what the challenge of that is, is that I have to allow you yours and you have to allow me mine. And for people who want to live in the absolutes, Mm -hmm. it's really hard. Yeah. Yeah. And I get that. It's freeing for you because you've moved to that place. For others, it's really scary. Yeah. Because these people are saying, it doesn't matter what I believe about hell. But it does matter what you do. Uh Uh-huh. Which is a... With it. With it. Which I love. Right. Because I think like the older son, he was concerned that he was just, he was in or out or the older, the younger son was in or out. Right. And I think the story of the cross and the story of Jesus, like it's so much more important about what you do mm-hmm. 
versus rather than you're in or out. Like right. how you live your life right. is really important. Right. And I think if you shift the perspective from I'm just in and therefore who cares how I live. Right. To man, no, I have a purpose. I have a responsibility as a Christ follower to to walk this out in a way that reflects Christ. Right. Changes perspective, yep. in my opinion. Yep. And it's also really hard to do. Yeah. It is. Um, and y- y- you gotta, it's why we gather together. It's why we interact with each other. It's why we have relationships. That's why the table is so important is that you can bring all that to a table and be encouraged mm-hmm. in, in walking it out, working it out and being kind to people that don't agree with you. Yeah. Um, and I think that's just totally missed rather than just being rejected by people who don't agree with you. That's, uh, it's so contrary to what what the gospel is. It's so contrary to the way Jesus lived. I mean, he collected the motliest of crews, right? And with such diversity, and and said, "All right, this these this is the crew that's going to change the world." Mm. What? <laughs> but they they changed the world because the unity came out of the diversity. Yeah. And the one thing that unified them was the one who washed their feet. Yeah. It's crazy. But it's great. And the focal point wasn't when you die, make sure when you go out and you preach the gospel that you tell people when they die, they're going to go to hell. That was never part of the equation. When you tell them about me, make sure that there's consequences attached. Mm. That wasn't the deal. So I find it fascinating. Yeah, um, me too. Yeah. And uh, we're going to keep having the Theology Lounge. We just haven't figured out how often we're going to do it and what the topics will be. But the point of the Theology Lounge wasn't really hell. The point of the Theology Lounge was, well, let's talk about how we see this differently. Yeah. Let's have an yeah. open dialogue. Let's, mm-hmm. let's agree that we can disagree. And let's, let's make the focal point Jesus. Yeah. And I think we did that okay. Yeah, yeah. it was awesome. I think we did that okay. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, because there isn't, once, once you land somewhere, it doesn't mean everybody has to agree with you. Yeah. So, well, thanks, you guys. That was fun. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. And uh, we got to keep inviting Rob back. Oh, always. Always. <laughs> always. Hey, everybody have a good week. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoy the Journey Now podcast, please take a moment to leave a rating or review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.